0: Oh, praise God. Thank you, Cindy Crawford and Brother Eddington for that powerful message today. If you'll turn in your Bibles with me now to 1 Corinthians chapter ten, verses twelve through fourteen. We'll read these words and then speak to you on the subject. We are able. We are able. First Corinthians ten, verses twelve through fourteen. Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that, ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. The apostle warns the believers against a false sense of security. Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. I'm convinced that the positive and possibility thinking will work both good and bad. It works good if a person lives right. It works bad if a person doesn't live a consistent Christian life. In order to stay right with the Lord and to get your prayers answered and to please the Lord, you've got to meet His demands and live the way He teaches you to live. So take heed how you stand. Let him that thinketh He standeth take heed lest he fall. If we trust in God completely, we will be victorious. Verse 13 clearly tells us God is faithful. He is faithful. Now friends, the quality of our salvation is never in question when we talk about taking heed lest you fall. We teach and believe that people can lose their salvation. But it isn't any fault of the salvation. It's no problem with the Savior. Our possession, our attitude, and our faith has a lot to do with whether or not we fall. If you think you stand, take heed, lest you fall. God has made a way of escape now, the Bible teaches us that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So it follows that in order for us to stand, in order for us to make it, we must trust Jesus. You're not going to stay in the boat, you're not going to stay saved and be secure unless you trust in Jesus. He's the only one can keep you saved. I can't do it, no denomination can do it, Jesus is the Savior and He is the Keeper. And only when you trust Him will you be safe. He is the way. God has made a way to escape. We must never neglect the way of salvation. For the Bible teaches us that if we neglect so great salvation, we have no prospect except that of damnation, that of being lost. So take heed lest we find ourselves falling into the trap of neglect and a false sense of spiritual pride and even being arrogant about where we stand in the lord take heed lest we fall this is a divine warning this is not intended to weaken your faith this is not meant by the apostle to tell you that your relationship to god is on shaky ground oh no there's nothing wrong with your salvation There's nothing wrong with your Savior, but there is something wrong with the attitude that I can go merrily along my way and do as I pretty please and forget it all because I got saved a year ago or last week and I have nothing to think about or worry about any longer and I'll do whatsoever I please. I'm still saved. I never can be lost. There's plenty wrong with that kind of philosophy, but there's nothing wrong with our Savior. There's nothing temporal about Eternal life. Brother, eternal life only has one property, and that's eternal. It isn't a temporal gift. It's an eternal gift. But your possession of it is dependent upon your relationship to the giver. You can't keep it and abandon him. You can't keep eternal life unless you trust in the one that gave it to you. He that hath the Son hath life, He that hath not the Son hath not life. So if you leave Jesus out of your life, brother, you're in trouble, you have no salvation. Without Jesus, there is no salvation. He is the way, He is the truth, He is the life. So subtract Him from your life situation, you don't have any hope of staying saved. We can't neglect this great salvation. We can't take this spiritual pride an attitude of arrogancy and demand that God let me do what I want to do and have my cake and eat it too sort of philosophy. But we have got to walk the straight and narrow path. So he makes us to become dependent upon the source of eternal life. The branch is connected with the vine. And only when we draw the life-giving properties from the divine vine itself can we remain a fruitful branch. And if we do not remain fruitful in His life or in the life of the church, then that branch could be lopped off and cast into the fire. So it's the relationship to Jesus that keeps us safe in Him. Now I want to preach today to the discouraged, to the person who feels that they cannot make it. I've only laid this foundation and said these works in preparation for The main thrust of my message today I want you to know that I do believe you can backslide I don't think you ought to (laughs) In fact I really want to discourage that But folk I do want you to know you can make it too Jesus has made a way And we are more than conquerors Through him that loved us I gave the negative side first so that When I came to the positive, we would not merely accept the positive fact that we're more than conquerors without this word of caution that we must take heed when we think we stand, lest we fall. We must constantly look to the source of life. We must constantly believe in Him and on Him to continue to keep us day by day. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4 says, Greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. No matter what you, you are confronted with today, there is one greater than that thing. Greater than your circumstances, greater than your problems, greater than the difficulties. I've been praying earnestly for a number of marriages that I know are in trouble. And I want to say to any of you that may be under the sound of my voice and, and this is your situation, the domestic problems are about to blow you away. And you can't handle it any longer, and you're just about ready to throw in the towel and, and just say quits. There is one who is greater than your problem. If you will trust in the Lord, you will find that God does have a way to escape. And it's not divorce either. That's the world, the world's way. God's way is a better way, always. Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. False prophets and evil spirits of the world try to seduce Christian people into a wrong philosophy. First John chapter four and verse three tells us, every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. Next Sunday morning, I'm going to preach a sermon entitled, Jesus is Lord. I've already asked Gary to prepare a banner and put it across the front of the church with these words, Jesus is Lord. Friends, the Bible tells me that we must confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. And every spirit that does not confess that is not of God. It's the spirit of the Antichrist. In our religion and in our beliefs, in our practice of faith, we must not become a part of anything That does not confess that Jesus Christ is Lord We must not be a member of any club Or fraternity That does not confess That Jesus Christ is come in the flesh I don't believe that anything that claims to be religious Can ever be condoned Or consorted with And Christians can never in any way compromise with unless they confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I want to say this to you this morning. If you belong to any club or fraternity that claims to be religious and it does not lift up Jesus as Lord, get out of it. Renounce it and get out of it. If it does not proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord, my Bible says this. Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. You don't need to be a part of anything that is not of God. And yet the world wants us to think we can make it apart from Jesus Christ. And I'm here to tell you this morning that apart from Jesus Christ, your confusion is going to become chaos and tragedy. And at some point in your life, no other name, under heaven, given among men, will be the, the confession that you know that you should make in order to be saved. Now you may feel hale and hearty, and every heartbeat feels like it's strong and nothing's wrong in your body, and the doctor hasn't even hinted at cancer. And there are no problems with finances, but wait until the world caves in on top of you. And then, my friends, you're going to look for the only one that can help. And I'm promising you the only one that has the answer is Jesus Christ. He's the only answer to our problems. God will not suffer you to be tempted above that that you're able to overcome, but will, with the temptation, make a way of escape. God will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. Now, whatever you're going through this morning, you think it's bad and the storm is raging. And today we had the wonderful, reassuring, inspired message in tongues and interpretation that told us that the Lord was greater than the storm that may be raging around us. And I thank God for that confirmation of what the Lord wants to say to us today, that we must look to Jesus. Don't look at the storm. Don't look at the difficulties and the circumstances, but look to Jesus. God is still in control. God is still in control. He has not abandoned you. He sets limitations to the devil, to Satan's work, just as he did for Job. The devil even said to God, you've got a fence around this man. And God didn't deny that. And even when he gave Job, gave Satan permission to afflict Job's body, he took away everything he had, his wealth, his family, and his health but he said, you can't touch his life. You see, God set the perimeters. You can go so far, Satan, but you can't touch Job's life. Why would God permit Satan to take away the wealth? Why would he permit him to take away his family? Why would he permit him to take away everything else, but he couldn't take his life? He was afflicted with balls from his head to his toes. My friends, the Bible clearly tells us that Job was tried. And God permitted this trial, and through this test, Job came forth with shining colors, praise God. And in the end, God rewarded him with more than he had in the beginning because his faith stood the test. With every temptation, God will make a way. He will not suffer you to be tempted above that that you're able. We're able this morning because we believe in Jesus. We're not able because of our health or our education or because of our religious affiliation. We're able because God said He would make a way. And that's what qualifies us. That's what makes us able to face any kind of situation in this world. Take heed lest we fall. This is not a lack of faith. This is not running scared. This is not a confession of weakness. It's a warning of God against disobedience. A warning of God against spiritual pride. Ye are able, these words, to overcome what? Every temptation, no matter what it is. Because he will make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12 tells us, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. It is not foreign to the Christian life to be subjected to the fire and have a fiery trial come to test our faith and to test our stickability and our confidence in God. But God says, don't worry about it because He'll make a way. He'll not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able to overcome. And I'm not able in myself, but I'm able because of the way that He made. The way is Christ. And thus our confession this morning is this, Jesus is Lord and He is able and nothing can cause us to lose our faith in God. Nothing can make us fail God. Nothing can take us out of the safety of His foe only when we get reckless, only when we're careless, only when we neglect, only when we disobey, only when we fail. The devil's not big enough to do it. Demons and evil spirits can never make us fail God. Your friends can never do it. Financial reversals can never do it. But your weakness in the area of faith and stamina and spiritual fortitude and the area of obedience and willingness to suffer for Christ's sake, this can be a great problem to you. The words to the song, I am persuaded neither life nor death nor angels nor powers nor things yet to come can separate us from our Father's love. Oh, I am persuaded that He is the way. comes from the passage that we read so frequently in Romans chapter 8 and verse 35. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No, none of those. In verse 38, Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from our Father's love. Brother, I want you to know that God is able. Death cannot do it, death can separate you from your friends. We've all been there, haven't we? With tears coursing down our cheeks. We've walked from the cemetery plot with an empty spot in our heart. Death can separate you from your money. You can't take it with you. Death can separate you from all of the things that occupy your attention and make you strive for success in this world. At death, that struggle comes to an end. Death can separate you from any material thing. From any earthly pursuit, but death cannot separate you from God. Tribulation may separate you from some things, but it can never separate you from God. Temptations can separate you from peace of mind and joy, but it can never separate you from God. Nothing is able to separate you. While God is able to keep you, and we're able to overcome, Nothing is able to separate us from His power. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, God is able to make all grace abound. God is able to make all grace abound. It's that wonderful grace that makes the difference. Grace, grace, marvelous grace. What a wonderful and sufficient, boundless measure of grace that He has poured out upon us in all of life's situations. When our trials become more fierce And when we go through the intensity of the battle He increases the amount of grace That we have need of Praise God His grace is always sufficient Why doesn't God just remove the thorn in our flesh? Why didn't He do that for Paul? Paul prayed three times for God to take the thorn out of his flesh and the Lord said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee. My grace is sufficient. What was the thorn in his flesh? Well, it wasn't weak eyesight. It was not poor health. It was not the trouble he encountered on his missionary journeys. The thorn in Paul's flesh is clearly identified in that passage. You get it and read it for yourself. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 9 it was a messenger of satan sent to buffet him because of the manifold visions and revelations that god had given to paul this messenger of satan came along tempting to him tempting him to get the big head and to have spiritual pride but god permitted this messenger of satan to buffet paul to keep him humble to keep him in a place that he would recognize That he was just an humble servant. Three times he asked the Lord. Let me get rid of this messenger of Satan. And the Lord said Paul my grace is sufficient for thee. There are a lot of things that we would like to get rid of. There are a lot of things that we just like to throw off. And discard on the rubbish pile. And say well if I could just get rid of this problem. I could live a consistent Christian life. If I could get another job. If I could move to another city, the devil's just as bad in another city as he is this one. You talk to people who live there. Have just as many murders, just as many rapes, just as much crime. Changing cities will not necessarily win your spiritual battles for you. God says, "My grace is sufficient for thee." Oh, his grace is sufficient for me and his love is abundant and free oh what joy just to know just to know just to know that his grace is sufficient for me praise god you might better raise that up there <laughs> well i'm glad it's true his grace is sufficient he will not fail no matter how rough it gets, no matter how fierce the storm rages, he will not fail. The abundant revelations that Paul had might speak of the good times that we have. And then how we are tempted. We ask the Lord to remove the messenger of Satan, get the thorn out of our flesh. He says, I'm going to leave it there. He's not talking about sickness there. I don't believe God will sickness in your life but i do believe that he permits some hardships and difficulties so that we will not become exalted and proud and arrogant and trusting in the flesh rather than in god three times he prayed and god did not move it he said my grace is sufficient god gives grace according to need trials will be proportioned in your life according to your strength This book says, so he will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able to overcome. You say, I can't stand it. This is more than I can bear. Now you're wrong or God's wrong. One or the other is wrong. God says, I will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. You look around you this morning and think what God has permitted to happen in your life. He must have a good bit of confidence in some of us. Because he sees that you're able, he has allowed you to go through the fire and to endure the difficulty because he's making a way that he knows that you will trust in. And friends, God proportions your grace coming into your life according to the need for that grace. Why would God just send volumes and volumes and outpourings of grace upon us if we had no need for it? And so the greater amount of grace, the greater amount of trial that we're going to encounter to prove that grace to be sufficient. All things are for good, whether we can understand it or not. Romans 8:28 is a choice passage. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. Everything Well, all things means everything. All things work together for good to them that love God. The devil sends some things along. God will make that work out good. You're not at the mercy of the devil. I want you to understand something. If Satan comes along and creates some bad circumstances in your life, just remember, God will turn it into good. He'll turn the tables on the devil, make him ashamed of himself, and wish he hadn't even been there. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the call according to His purpose. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says, In everything give thanks. Don't grumble, murmur, and complain, and groan, and grunt, but give thanks and praise God. Psalms 34, verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. Let's see if we can sing that. I will bless the Lord at all. Bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall continually be. Be in my mouth. I want everybody to sing that because it's not just the good times, but the bad times included. I will bless the Lord at every turn. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, beloved, hold on to God's unchanging hand. He will not fail you. God will undertake. He never is too late. He never is too late. You may think, well, Lord, you missed it this time. You just don't understand. God knows the end from before the beginning. There's a song years ago when I was coming up, they used to sing, Hold to God's unchanging hand. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Build your hopes on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. And I close with this this morning. For which cause we faint not, But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at things which are seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, and the things which are not seen are eternal. Beloved, we're not looking just for temporal things, Eternal values are what we have in mind this morning. And the Bible says that God has instilled in us an ability to make it all the way. He will not suffer us to be tempted above that. We're able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape. And so he has declared it. We are able. I want us to say that together this morning. We are able. Again, we are able. Praise God.